Good evening, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Terror Radio Podcast, where we are dedicated in bringing you the best of horror and thriller all-time radio broadcasts, as well as original stories. This is your host, Keith, aka the Radio Show Nerd, and this will be the final episode of the premiere season of Terror Radio. I am going to take a little hiatus for a few weeks, but I will be back on April 15th with a brand new season of Terror Radio. And that will entail, obviously, more old-time radio shows, as well as original narrations and original audio plays, which I am so excited about. So, without further ado, this is Terror Radio. The two stories featured tonight come from the horror radio series Dark Fantasy and Beyond Midnight. We first start with the radio play Death is a Savage Deity from Dark Fantasy. And this was first broadcasted on January 30th, 1942. So, you know the drill. Sit back, turn down the lights, and let's listen to Death is a Savage Deity. coming from the conservatory, so I stopped by. What are you playing? Just, just a simple melody of my own. So weird. I thought possibly you were playing a dirge. A dirge? Yes, or Andrews. I fear neither dirge nor prayers nor candles burned on the altar will do Andrews any good. Oh, one of what made him do it? He was always so happy, so full of the love of life. Why did he do such a thing? He was blind. He couldn't stand the thought of being without the use of his eyes, so... Yes, but if only... I cautioned him. Over and over again, I warned him to take care of his eyes. But he wouldn't listen to me. Now he's dead. Poor Andrews. I suppose you and James will postpone your marriage a while, Dolores? Yes, I I think it's best, don't you? It wouldn't be quite decent to have a funeral today and a wedding day after tomorrow, would it? I wouldn't permit it in my home. And this is still my house, you remember. Oh, now, who's that? Yes, come in. 
All right, Alma, what is it? Beg your pardon, Miss Jarvis. All right, all right, out with it. Don't stand there stammering. Yes, Miss Jarvis. It's for Mr. Loris. Mr. Harvey's here. Oh, Jim said he'd drop by. Shall I show him in here, Mr. Loris? Yes, please do. Yes, ma'am. By the way, Alma. Yes, ma'am? How does your head feel today? Not so good, ma'am. It ached me all night long. I didn't get much sleep to speak of. Perhaps you should go to a doctor, Alma. I did, Mr. Loris, yesterday. He said there was nothing wrong with me, but I know better. My head hurts something fierce all the time. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you, ma'am. I'll show Mr. Harvey right in. Hello. Hello, Jim. Oh, Dolores, my dear, you look tired. How are you, Miss Jonas? Very well, thank you. Oh, Jim, I'm glad you stopped by. We've rather had the doldrums around here the past day or so. Yes, I know. I, I thought I'd stop by now and be here for the funeral this afternoon. Poor Andrews. You loved him too, didn't you, Jim? Yes, dear. I guess I did. I've known Andrews almost as long as you have. Well, all I can say is I warned him again and again. If he'd only listen oh, to Andy, me. please. Jim, let's go outside and get some air. I've been in the house all day. All right, dear. You'd both better stay around close. I may need you. All right, Warner. We'll probably be in the garden very well. Oh, Jim. Yes? Remember about the lily pond? Oh, yes, of course I will. It's dangerous, you know. Be careful of it, Jim. Don't get too near to its edge. Yes, I'll remember. Come, dear. Jim. Yes, dear? What did she mean? About the lily pond. Hmm? Oh, oh, don't you remember that the railing around the pond was taken down for repairs? Hasn't been replaced yet. Yes, I know, but it's been down for almost a month. Here, let's walk on the grass, shall we? Why does she remind you about it now? Well, she probably doesn't want us to fall into it and soil our pretty clothes. But <laughs> she seems so insistent. She said it's dangerous for you to be careful of it. For you not to go too near its edge. You, Jim, not me. Oh, she meant both of us, silly. She just addressed me because she wants me to take care of you. Does she? Why, of course she does. What do you mean? Jim, I've had the impression for a long time now that she doesn't want us to be married. Nonsense. She's delighted. No. She's not delighted. But Dolores. I've wanted to tell you this for a long time. But I've, I've hesitated to say anything. I, I thought I might have been mistaken. Now I know it's true. She hates you, Jim. Juana hates me? <laughs> Why, of all the silly things I've ever heard of, Juana and I are great friends. Oh, darling, you're wrong. Juana has no love for you. I, I don't know why, but she'll be perfectly delighted if you and I never marry. Dolores. Jim, I want to be married just as soon as we possibly can. 
that I want to go away from here. Away? Where, dear? I don't care where. Just so it's someplace else, anywhere but here. But, darling, I thought you loved this place. Love it? I despise it. Dolores. I do, Jim. Oh, darling, I'm so upset. There's something terrible going on around here. I, I don't know what it is. But it was responsible for Andrew's death. Darling, how can you say that? Because I know. You know what? There was nothing wrong with Andrew's eyes. What? No. Nothing at all wrong with them. But he went blind. The autopsy proved it. Well, that's why... I know. He died blind, yes. But I went with him to an optometrist about a week ago. Andrew's had perfect vision in both eyes. And no sign of defect or weakness. But, Dolores, that's not possible. I know, but it happened. But how? How, dear? I can't answer that. Oh, Jim, look out. Good Lord. Oh, dear, it's the lily pool. You, you almost walked right into it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was over farther to the east end of the garden. I, I don't know why we should be so frightened of it. It's quite shallow. Even if one of us did accidentally fall in, we, we'd only get a bit wet. Is that all that would happen? Jim, what do you mean? I wonder. Come on, dear. We must be getting back to the house. I want to brush up a bit before the crowd begins to drift in. I'd like some music. Do you mind if I don't, Auntie? I I'm rather tired. Look here, Dolores. How about a swim down on the beach? The moon's up. It's quite warm tonight. Jim, I, I think I'd like that. Certainly, if you're too tired to play the organ, you're too tired to swim. Oh, it'll be good for her, Miss Jonas. She needs some fresh air and exercise. Yes, Auntie. You don't mind so much, do you? No, I suppose not. Good. Is there a suit in the men's quarters of the bathhouse I can use? Mm, yes, yes. You'll find several there, James. Take your choice. Oh, fine. Come along, Dolores. No. Let's not go that way, Jim. Let's take the back door and cut through the garden to the bathhouse. All right, dear. We won't be long, Auntie. Just a plunge and we'll be right back. Very well. Oh, James. Yes, Miss Jarvis? Remember about the lily pond? Oh, yes. Oh, all right. It's still quite dangerous, you know. Don't get too close to its edge. You may fall into it. Yes, all right. We'll be careful, Miss Johns. We can see it all right in the moonlight. Come on, Jim. There. You see? She keeps reminding you about the lily pond. Oh, well, I just proved she doesn't want anything to happen to me. I told you she doesn't dislike me. Jim, don't you think for a moment she doesn't. She dislikes you terribly. I think she even dislikes me. But why? Good heavens, Dolores. She took you in when you were a mere infant. Less than three years old. She's kept you. Clothes, a fine home, everything. Yes, I know. And still she... She hates me. Dolores, I don't understand. If you've known this all along... Why didn't you say something to me about it? Because it's just recently she's changed. I... I don't know why she's changed. 
But she has. Well, dear, suppose we forget everything for a while. This has been a trying day for all of us. Come on. I'll race you down to the bathhouse. Jim? Jim? What's that over there? Surely it can't... Oh, no. Jim? Jim? The lily pond. It's happening the water. The lily stems around his throat. Oh, Jim. Jim, my darling, what happened to you? Jim! to think about it. It's all over now, and there's nothing to be helped by thinking about it. But how did it ever happen to him? Dolores, you heard the coroner's verdict. Jim must have wandered over to the lily pond while waiting for you to finish dressing. He apparently stumbled and fell, striking his head on a rock, becoming unconscious. He fell with his head underwater, and it strangled him. Oh, it was so sudden. I'd only been a little quicker dressing. I might have saved him. Don't think of that, dear. We can't help what's happened. Lie still, dear. I'll answer it. Hello? Yes, Mr. Evans? Yes? Very well. I'll, I'll come to your office right away. Yes, within the hour. Very well. Goodbye. Oh, Dolores, I'm sorry, but I'll have to leave you a while... That was my lawyer. And there's some very important papers I must attend to immediately. I'll be all right, Andy. I'll send Almain to take care of you. But I'm afraid she won't be of much help. She's been complaining of headache constantly. Night and day. Me, Miss Dolores? Yes, several times. You were so long answering. I'm I... sorry, Miss Dolores. I was downstairs. Can I do something for you, ma'am? Yes, Alma. I want the key to this room. That room, Miss Dolores? Yes, and I want it right away. My aunt has kept this room locked for 18 years. She's always told me she wants no one in there because her father died in that room. Yes, ma'am. That's it. Nothing else. I'm not so sure. I intend to go inside that room now. Get me the key. Oh, Miss Dolores, I beg you, ma'am. Don't go into that room. Whatever you do, ma'am, in the name of heaven, don't go into that room. Why not? Tell me, Alma. What's in there? It's, it's frightful, ma'am. Please listen to me. My head's a splitting. I'm a sick woman. I'm almost a dead woman. 
But with the life that's left in me, I plead with you not to enter that room. Alma, stop this nonsense. It's not nonsense, miss. There's worse than the devil in there. Alma, do you have the key? Answer me. Do you have the key to that room? Yes, ma'am. That I have. I stole it from Miss Jalnes a month ago. Then let me have it. Give it to me. At once. I'll open the door. There you are, ma'am. I'll turn on the light. Why? Well, this room is empty. Nothing here but an old table covered with a huge black cloth. That's all, miss. Come now. Let's shut off the light and lock the door. No. Wait a minute. What's on that table? Please, Mr. Lewis. Don't go near that table. I want to see. I ask you not to, Mr. Dolores. Dolls. Four little dolls. Each about 12 inches tall, lying here on the table. Please come away, Mr. Dolores. Good heavens. This doll looks exactly like... Like Andrew's. Look. Lying there on his back. With a common pin stuck squarely in the middle of each eye. He went blind, Mr. Lawrence. Good heavens. An exact image of Jim Harvey. Lying with his head submerged in a miniature lily pond. Mr. Harvey died in the lily pond. In the garden. This doll. Alma. It's an image of you. With a pin stuck into its head. Oh, Mr. Lars, ma'am. My head's killing me with its aching. Alma. This fourth doll. It's you, Mr. Lars. With another pin. Stuck into the doll's body so it pierces the heart. Don't you feel pains in your heart, Mr. Lars? Alma. What in the world does all this mean? It's. It's witchcraft. Witchcraft? Black magic. But, but I don't understand. It's Miss Jalnes, your aunt. First, she convinced Andrews he was going blind. Then, she convinced Mr. Harvey he'd die in the lily pond. And now, she's trying to kill me with a headache. And you, with a heart attack. But how? How? They use it where she came from, miss. Where she came from years ago. Where was that? Haiti. Haiti? Yes. When you've got an enemy in Haiti, you want to get rid of him, you make a doll that looks like him. You put hair from his head on the doll's head, cloth from his clothes for the doll's clothes. Then, you stick a pin in the part of the enemy you want to make hurt. And it works. Alma. It does, Miss Dolores. Look at Andrews, blind because of the hex. Look at Mr. Harvey, dead in the lily pond. Look at me, me with my terrible headache. And the pin sticking in the head of that doll. We'll pull out the pin. Oh, no, don't. If you do that, I'm sure to die right away. Alma, tell me how you know all this. I've been listening, Miss Dolores. 
watching for years. I've been watching and listening and... Oh, Mr. Lord, Alma. Alma, what's wrong? Alma, speak to me. Are you all right? Alma. She's dead. Uh, Mr. Lawrence, you feeling better? Yes, much. How, how did I get here in my bed, Doctor? Your aunt found you here, unconscious. Oh, then I did manage to get here before I fainted. Have, have you found Alma? Yes, poor girl. Dead. Brain hemorrhage. Brain hemorrhage? Yes. Where did you find her, Doctor? In her room. She must have died in her sleep. No. No, she didn't die in her bed. My aunt must have placed her there. Dolores, you know the truth. Do you, Dr. Seabrook? I've known it for years. I've been watching one of your aunt for years. When Andrews died, I became suspicious. When your fiancé perished in the lily pond, I was convinced. Convinced that Wanham was using her ancient jungle powers. Oh, what? Let me tell you a story. She was married to a wealthy plantation owner in Haiti about 18 years ago. One day, she decided to rid herself of him. So, she fed him poison. When he realized what she had done to him, he went off into the jungle to die. But first, he made a will, leaving all his money and property to the baby daughter of his closest friend, a man who had died of jungle fever and whose baby had been taken to America by friends. Wanda's husband left his fortune to that baby girl. That girl, my dear, was you. Before the poisoned man died, he sought out a jungle witch doctor and had him make a charm. It was a doll-like image of the woman who had poisoned him. He took a lock of her hair from where he'd always carried it in a gold locket, and the hair became the doll's hair. Then he took a long needle, dipped it in the most potent poison, and plunged that needle again and again into the body of the doll image. The poison was one that brings about instant and complete paralysis of the human muscles. Paralysis? Yes. It's a poison well known in Haiti. He... He cast a spell upon her, just as she's been casting spells on us. Precisely. But her spells were effective. His wasn't. No spell is effective unless the victim is made aware of its existence. Uh, just a few moments ago, 
I told your aunt the same story I've told you. You mean... You told her about the spell that was cast upon her years ago? In an offhand manner. I passed it on to her. as just a story I'd heard from a friend of mine in Haiti. I pretended I didn't know that she was involved. Where is she now? You feel like getting up? Yes, yes, I'm all right. This door leads to your aunt's room, doesn't it? Yes, it's not locked. Here? Is she in here? Yes, she's in there. Oh, oh, she's ill. Aunt Juana, Juana, doctor, look at her. The spell she cast upon you is broken now. Your aunt is dead. But look at her. Yes, she died instantly of complete paralysis. said that uh, I consider dark fantasy to be somewhat cheesy but they're still a lot of fun and I enjoyed the episodes now our next radio play is entitled The Room and this comes from the South African horror series Beyond Midnight now The Room was adapted from the short story called The Red Room written by H.D. Wells and it was first broadcasted on June 6th, 1969. So, turn off those lights, sit back, and listen to The Room. Nine thirty. Do you like ice, Mr. Todd? Uh, ice? Uh, th- thank you, Miss Watts. That's a bit... Mrs. Watts, Mr. Todd. Oh, I'm sorry. That's all right. There. It gives me great pleasure to see a man drink whiskey, Mr. Todd. My late husband was partial to it. Oh, 
Oh, lovely. Thank you, Miss... Uh, Mrs. Watson. Uh, do I look like a spinster? <laughs> no. Uh, not at all, no. Well, you seem determined to make me one. I'm a widow. I have been one for 22 years. Cheers. This lovely whiskey. Atlas whiskey. One of the first ever produced in Scotland. Not available in the general run of off licenses. Well, I'm honored. So. Oh, this is nice. So long since I've been able to offer my whiskey. I've had that bottle for nearly a quarter of a century. Poor Alfred was the last to drink from it. He died the next day. Oh. Um, shall we discuss the matter in hand? Hmm. Rather. They began to discuss the matter in hand. And Ronald Todd, bachelor, aged 33 of Lansdowne Private Hotel, began his journey into the land that lies beyond midnight. Biotex, the new soak and pre-wash powder presents Beyond Midnight by Michael McCabe. how to get your washing really stain-free, understand this. Biotex removes the stains and dirt washing won't. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Stains, grass stains, tiresome collar and cup stains, ingrained dirt, soil and grime. Out they all come and you don't stir a finger. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Biotex with natural enzymes is the pre-wash powder with the most enzymes to give you extra pre-wash power. Absolutely no rubbing, no color loss, no fabric wear. Use it for cottons, silks, woolens, synthetics. Use it to make new again. Soaking in Biotex removes the stains and dirt, but washing won't. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Yes, it has a sort of, well, strange, warm sort of glow. I've tasted many whiskeys. You are a man of taste. I hope so, Mrs. Watts. I hope so. Are you willing to spend the night in the other room, Mr. Todd? Uh, Mrs. Watts, can... Can I just get one or two things straight? Uh, it's haunted. <laughs> well, so they say. Uh, who say? So, so who says? People. And nobody's ever stayed there before for a night? Oh, yes. Oh. Uh, then... They stayed there. Three stayed there. Do you remember the Sixth Duke of Wallingford? Or was that before your time, Mr. Todd? You're only a young man. The Duke of... Oh, yes. Yes, of course. He... Uh, there was a scandal, wasn't there, that the family bribed some famous psychiatrist or something to signify that the Duke was perfectly sane. I remember. And he, uh, the Duke, was as mad as a hatter all the time. Quite. As mad as a hatter. And he was the same a man as one could ever wish to meet, once upon a time. That was before he spent a night in the yellow room. You mean 
he, uh, the Duke... The haunter and the haunted. Every man's history of ghosts and ghosting. Never beyond midnight. He wrote those books, Mr. Todd. The sixth Duke of Wallingford's passion was ghostly occurrences. He ate, drank, slept, and dreamt of the spirit world and life on other than earthly things. He was a ghost hunter. And he came here to you? He came for a soul to me and stayed here in this house in the north wing in the yellow room. One night, six and a half hours, and by morning light, he was mad. There were one or two others through the years. A certain Captain Blanchford of the Fourth Hussars. He was found in the spinney, 90 feet below. He had leapt through the window. Uh, help yourself to whiskey, Mr. Todd. There were others who stayed in the room but saw nothing, because, as I believe, they were not alone. It only happens, you see, to a person who is entirely alone. What... what is it that happened? Oh, my dear Mr. Todd, if I knew the answer to that question, I should not be offering £1,000 to any man who can provide me with an answer. I see. No one who has experienced the terror of the room has been exactly as they entered the night before when they've been discovered in the morning. Um, Mrs. Watts, I, I do not believe in spirits, disembodied souls, life after death. I don't believe in hauntings, the powers of darkness, or the presence of evil. Except a, a certain something we call evil that inhabits the minds of certain men. I'm unimpressed by the trappings of modern psychological research. I have no superstition in me, and I'm also an atheist. I wasn't always. I was brought up a Christian. Twenty years, more or less, of adult life have stolen my faith away. Today, I'm a completely uncommitted man, I'm afraid. You're afraid? <laughs> a figure of speech. I'm not afraid. I will spend a night in the yellow room. A thousand pounds, I'd spend a night anywhere. I see. One thing, though, if nothing happens, I'll have nothing to tell you, will I? In that case, you will receive 100 pounds just for your trouble. Not an unreasonable fee for eight hours' sleep, Mr. Todd. No, but... But I warn you, if nothing happens, don't invent. I shall know. And you will receive not a penny if you try to cheat me. I'm an honorable man, I think. Good. Well, having said... I wonder if you'd mind just telling me why you're so curious, Mrs. Watts. Why do you want to find... I'm an old woman. I've lived a long and very wonderful life. Chance would have been in my family for over 300 years. Soon I shall die. I wish to die without one regret. If I should be taken tomorrow, I would go to my grave a disappointed woman. I would not know what malevolence was present in the yellow room in Chancellor's North Wing. Oh, it's going to be a storm. Why haven't you gone to the room? Spent a night there yourself, then? I did not ask you to come here so that you could question me. You've come to earn, if you can, a thousand pounds. For that, you have a job to do. After that job, I shall question you. That is all. Would Sunday suit you? Yes, Sunday will suit me handsomely, thank you. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention. I shall lock the door to the yellow room once you're inside and settled. It won't be opened again until 8 o'clock on Monday morning. That is a condition. It won't be opened no matter what might happen. <clears throat> all right. You're the one paying the money.
came with her wires and switches. Oh, how often do I curse electricity. The days of candle and lamplight were so gracious. <laughs> For a night at least, you and Essence returned to those far-off days, Mr. Todd. Well, it's not the fault of electricity that they've gone, you know. There have been more changes than the mere invention of electricity. Father Doyle, don't skulk in the doorway and don't look so disapproving. I'm not skulking. I'm still hoping to persuade Mr. Todd to change his mind. It's an unholy experiment you're indulging yourselves in. Don't begin all that again, Father. He's free, he's over 21, isn't he? What on earth is there to harm him in here? Nothing on earth. Mr. Todd, I've come tonight as an old friend of this lady, the friend of her husband. She asked me to be present. I don't know why, unless she wanted the church's sanction for what she plans to do. I don't plan to do anything. Stop being an old maid, Father. What neither of you seem to appreciate is the existence of evil. Oh, Papa, I've Papa, seen of evil. I know, I know how it works. Oh, yes, even in the 20th century. Devils abroad at all times. Now don't smile, Mr. Todd. I ask both of you, because I know the history of this place, to put a seal upon the door, to lock and bar this room. Father, I... you seem to forget. Mrs. Watts and I have an agreement, a wager, if you like, for this one night. I don't know quite why you're here. I don't object to you, but I'd rather you didn't persuade Mrs. Watts to put seals on the door just yet. Tomorrow, all right, but... There's a small question of a thousand in cash first. And then you can do what the blazes you like. Well, shall we get on with it, Mrs. Watts? It's ten o'clock, and I promised myself a few chapters of Evelyn Waugh's Brideshead Revisited before a comfortable night's sleep in what seems to be a splendid antique bed. And the sheets are aired and the pillows are soft as snow. And at least you won't even have the comfort of a window to jump from. Hmm? Um, we had it barred, Mr. Todd. And anyway, it's far too high to reach. Well, that's all right, Mrs. Watts. I, I haven't come down here to look at the view, have I? Now, lady and gentlemen, if you don't mind, this is my room for tonight. And according to Mrs. Watts here, the ghost does not walk unless the watcher is on his, uh, Todd. some long-forgotten crest of some long-dead family. The shadows are deep. The light comes from seven candles set about the room, one close by the great brass and oak bed, another on the mantel, above the head of the man who sits reading a novel, a very fine novel by Evelyn Waugh. Behind the reading man's head is another candle, and near his right elbow on the top shelf of a teak bookcase are two more candles. The two remaining thin, brave lights in the darkness of the yellow room are on either side of the door. Absolute silence reigns. The silence of a tomb or of a great desert when daylight appears to have deserted the world forever. Silence. The kind of silence that seems to hammer iron pegs into the mind. Silence. And then the man turns a page and... 
yawns. Bye-bye is time, I think. He smiles a smile of satisfaction in a moment spending the thousand pounds on a multitude of wondrous things and then, quite calmly, without any announcement, without any movement in the room, the candle directly behind Ronald Todd's head goes out. I feel like a new man. It's a lovely day today. I thought you had flu. I took a grandpa headache powder, and I'm well better. When colds and flu are about, grandpa headache powders are what you need. Grandpa headache powders work fast because they dissolve almost immediately. Grandpa makes all those dreadful flu symptoms disappear quickly. So, whenever you're in pain, get fast relief. Get grandpa headache powders. Ah, grandpa. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Stains, grass stains, collar and cuff stains, ingrain dirt, soil and grime. Out they come and you don't stir a finger. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Biotex with natural enzymes is the pre-wash powder with the most enzymes to give you extra pre-wash power. Absolutely no rubbing, no color loss, no fabric wear. Soaking in Biotex removes the stains and dirt that washing won't. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Father? <coughs> thank you. Are you quite sure you aren't hungry? Hey, thank you. Anyway, I'd never sleep after just one mouthful of cheese. Well, for heaven's sake, Father Doyle, there's a kitchen full of food out there. I don't wish for one single bite to eat. All right? <laughs> Fine, then. <clears throat> oh, I think our friend upstairs should be told to go home now. After what he knows of the place, and believe it or not, he's no coward, and... Uh, well, he's been up there two hours already. He's not completed his bargain yet, Father. If he's going to be afraid, he'll have been afraid by this hour. Father, I am not paying Mr. Todd for being afraid or not being afraid. I'm paying him to sleep in the yellow room and find out what it is that's caused the death of four people and turned three more insane during the last... Four? Deaths of... Oh, you knew perfectly well. I knew nothing of the kind. The fellow who threw himself out of the window... What he... does it matter, Father Doyle, how many people have died in the past? They're all free citizens over 21 years of age. Father Doyle, where are you going? I think I'll go and see how Mr. Todd's fair. You'll do nothing of the kind. Come away from that door, Father. I don't know what it is you're doing, but I warn you. If something bad happens tonight, and there's any kind of inquiry... I should be bound to say what I know and to tell the authorities that knowing full well there's danger in the north wing of this house, you allowed a stranger to spend a night there. I am allowed to do whatever I choose in my own house. Only if it doesn't harm another person. In this house, I have all the freedom I wish, and I... You're not exercising freedom. It's license. Bribing that man with money. Oh, for pity's sake, there's nothing there to harm him. It was all in the imagination with every one of those people who stayed in the yellow room. All imagination. Then if it's all imagination, what can Mr. Todd tell you then? 
what he imagines. I wonder what he's doing now. Do atheists sleep well? I suppose they must. No consciences. At least no religious consciences. I suppose Mr. Dodd's fast asleep. side of the door, followed by the one... He's puzzled, yes, but not at all frightened. Intrigued, if anything, for a moment all seven candles glow again. <laughs> and he stops laughing as one, two, three, four, the candles around the reading chair, the mantle, go out one after another. Then the one by the bed. For a moment, the room is lighted by only two candles. And then three. And then four. And then the first of the relighted ones goes out. Huh? And Ronald Todd realizes for the first time that there is more to this than meets the eye. Thing went out because something wet touched it. I heard it. Suddenly, it's completely dark. All seven candles are out. Matches. 
light it. That'll do. But that goes out, I'll just light it again. <laughs> Drafty old room. And he gathers the remaining matches together. There are only 11 left. <sighs> Beautiful, really. Candle alone in the room, it's like... Nightlight. Mom used to leave in my room when I was a kid. Because I was afraid. <laughs> Oops. Angels did so shine. With the pure, clear light. Like a burning. I wonder what Mom would have made of all this. All right. I'll play your game. There's somebody here, isn't there? Somehow someone's making these candles go out, aren't they? We're all right. Let's leave it dark for a while. Deep, pitch, black, silent, strangely lonely. And then the silence and the darkness gets on Todd's nerves and he fumbles and lights a match. At least... He tries to light... Ah, must be a dead match. A spent match. Try another one. Oh, try another one. Who's this? 
Who are you? What? Who is this? Let go of my hand. Come on. Go? Who are you? I can't see. Go of my hand. Who are you? Like a little candle, brave little light. Like a little candle burning in the night. In the world of darkness, I am a shine like a little candle. You admire You're a nosy old devil. Saving your reverence, of course. You always were a nosy old devil. You just cloak your nose in a signification to save souls. Oh, I wondered who it was at the door half past seven in the morning. Oh, those stairs. Right. Shall you open the door now, Mrs. Watts? All right, Father Gerald. Morning, Mr. Todd. Sleep well? Like some tea? Let me have those woman. Well, I think we might be standing there as all together. You in your small corner, and I in mine. <laughs> all right, Mum. Name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit. <laughs> I was saying it right. Stop it. Leave me alone. Let go of me. Stop it. I hate saying my prayers. I, I hate saying it. I hate it. I hate it. Stop it. Father Gerald Doyle visits him twice a week. The priest carries with him a feeling of guilt he can never be rid of. Mrs. Watts died last year without ever discovering the secret of the yellow room. What really took place that night, I have only been able to suggest. What remains is that Ronald Todd is mad and is likely to remain so. He's forever beyond midnight. In biotech. Just soak. Just soak in biotech. Just soak. Just soak in biotech. If you have wondered how to get your washing really stain free, understand this. Biotech removes the stains and dirt washing won't. Just soak. Just soak in biotech. Stains, grass stains, tiresome collar and cup stains, ingrain dirt, soil and grime. Out they all come, and you don't stir a finger. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Biotex with natural enzymes is the pre-wash powder with the most enzymes to give you extra pre-wash power. Absolutely no rubbing, no color loss, no fabric wear. 
Use it for cottons, silks, woolens, synthetics. Use it to make new again. Soaking in Biotex removes the stains and dirt, but washing won't. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Beyond Midnight is presented every Friday night at half past nine by Biotex, the new soak and pre-wash powder. The program is adapted for broadcasting and produced by Michael McCabe. That's the show for this evening. I want to thank you all for listening. And a big thank you to everyone who has helped me grow this platform organically. It's been overwhelming in a very positive way. And I could have done it without all of you. So, as I always say, expect bigger and better things. Second season, which will start on April 15th. And remember, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash terror1970 or you can look me up on Instagram at Radio Show Nerd or on Twitter at Radio Show Nerd 1. Again, this is Keith, aka the Radio Show Nerd, signing off and saying so long for now, but we will be meeting soon in the next few weeks. Take care, everybody.